Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Now, here is Sherry Hill. Basically, you have two choices when it comes to running your organization. Be intentional about the path your organization follows or turn on autopilot. In fact, close to 90% of all businesses run without a plan. Worse is the fact that close to 95% of a typical workforce doesn't understand their organization's strategy, and 86% of executive teams spend less than one hour per month discussing strategy. My guest, Howard Olson, co-founded and is a lead market researcher and strategist for OnStrategy, a leader in strategic planning and performance management. In addition to his consulting work, which spans two decades, Howard is a marketing professor at the University of Nevada, Reno. Welcome, Howard. Good morning. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm glad you're here. Good to see you again. (laughs) Well, you state that a successful strategy is more than simply achieving business goals. It's an expression of value shared across every individual and every team throughout an organization, and it separates those who achieve it and those that don't. We find that strategy is part of a culture. An organization really has to come to understand that. And as you started out by saying, you know, the typical executive doesn't spend much more than an hour a month. And you can only imagine the people on the front line don't have a clue where the organization is going. So when they finally start understanding where they're all going and put people pull together, then it, it, it yes, they deliver on their performance. And yes, they deliver on their numbers. But then we find that even the rank and file people throughout the whole organization find that they enjoy being part of that company. And as we find with the change in the workforce, it where's the purpose? Why am I really here? It might just I just want to line the boss's pocket. Right. Well, and and good, because you led me right kind of into my next theoretical concept around that. Because, you know, Howard, you work with companies, you work with them from all over the world, you have for many years. Do you find that oftentimes when you guys are brought in, I mean, there really is not a clear purpose for why this company exists. And, you know, the leadership, the founders, you know, many people start a business, but they haven't really sat down and thought about the why behind their in business. Well stated. So much we get organization uh, because of a success, it kind of just keeps going. And when you lose sight of the real purpose and, and being explicit so everybody understands why they are today and why they're doing what they're doing. And when when I was teaching, it, I brought that down back to the students. You know, why do you exist? You know, why are you here? It's the same thing with an organization. You just got to collect a bunch of people. And they all have to be singing off the same song sheet. So if they don't understand why they exist, it makes it hard to pull on the same direction. Right. So, you know, our topic today is really around strategic planning. But if you don't have a foundation, foundation of why are we here, why are we doing this, and everybody, like you say, you know, in alignment within that organization, it's really hard to strategically plan, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Strategic planning is about understanding why you exist, why you exist, and where you're going to go. What's 
the direction? What's the future? And how we're going to build all that stuff. So if we don't understand the bookends, it's kind of hard to build a plan. And also part of why you exist has to do with what you deliver uniquely. These things we call competitive advantages for the for-profits, comparative advantage if you want to talk about in nonprofits and churches and stuff like that. But you have to have some kind of uniquenesses. You, and if you can't leverage that strength and deliver, deliver, deliberately deliver it, then you end your end up being in the midst of everything and be lost. Right. So from a strategic planning perspective, because I think, you know, when you think, all right, I'm an organization and I know I want to get here, there's so many pieces to the getting here, and, and we'll talk a little bit more, more about that later. But I, I want to talk about, you know, do people go into the concept of strategic planning that, you know, they've got to figure out every single thing and put it down on paper, which becomes overwhelming and why people don't do it. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) We, yeah, for sure. What'll happen is folks in the midst of planning and sometimes we'll use the old sticky note stuff and everybody puts it up and there's a lot of good stuff. Organizations do a lot of things and that's what strategy and strategic planning is about, understanding that focus and being able to crisply understand it, focus and deliver on it. Because what happens, we end up doing a whole bunch of good stuff and you know what we get lost in the good stuff and we muddle along we don't deliver what we really want to deliver right and so when you think of strategic planning it could be different areas of your organization and so you need a strategic plan about how to be more effective in accounting or a strategic plan and how to be more effective in market share right Mm -hmm. it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be the whole big giant elephant in one shot Right, right. Because what what we'll find out is, you know, in larger organizations where you have hundreds and hundreds of people, you've got unique pockets of uh, capabilities that you want to leverage. So the good leader will be able to understand those pockets, whether they be in accounting, whether they be in a marketing, and be able to take those, leverage them, build on them, and pull them together into a nice comprehensive, and I don't want to call it simple, it's just called Steve Jobs thing, Jobs thing, where where we take the complex and make it simple, but so everybody understands why they're doing what they're doing, and they're singing out the same song sheet. Right, so because you're called into so many organizations, and I'm sure you see it time and time again, especially, you know, when it becomes into manufacturing and larger, you know, distribution, where you've got, you know, sales and marketing out there selling one thing, engineers and the deliverables trying to do something different and nobody's talking to each other, right? And they live in the same building right. and they're not talking to each other. So, and, and you bring up a good point there because it seems like the world that we live in today, we're so connected and we have so much information, we don't have time to be really understand a connection and work together. So we get so, as we overuse the word siloed, but it's amazing how we find that time after time. So just going through the strategic planning process and getting leadership and managers in the same room and sit and talk about things for half a day or a day or two days is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's a huge commitment, but when you stop and think the delivery on it, if you're doing it right, it, it, the return on it is fantastic. All right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Howard Olson, who is the president of On Strategy, and they work with companies all over, really helping them 
create their strategic plan, a process for strategic planning, and of course, creating those great results that every company is looking for. So Howard, to kind of finish up this whole side of the importance of strategic planning, let's just very quickly talk about you know what you've seen out there. Uh, obviously, now with all the things going on, momentum shifting in the economy across America, people are wanting to start businesses, right? Absolutely. And how Absolutely. important should the strategic planning process be right from the start? Right from the start. <laughs> there you go. And that's your perfect world, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's 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 the perfect yeah. world. So for anybody, if we're talking about folks, well, it doesn't really make any difference whether either they're starting from scratch or they've got some kind of momentum, whatever else. But but the point is, it's a whole bunch easier, as I've said for years, it's easier to fail with paper and pencil than it is to go out there and then find out you've got a bad history lesson. So so it's better off taking your people, whether it be one or it be 50 or 25, sitting them down because the collective brains of everybody and picking them and putting them together can help put that foundation together that's going to then be the springboard to take you over here instead of said well let's start down this path and all of a sudden find out that the path went over a cliff right so talk quickly about the difference because people are like well i created a business plan is a business plan the same as a strategic plan the difference between uh, a business plan, and, and they get muddled, as you yeah. can well imagine, because you brought that up, but the, between a business plan and a strategic plan, typically the, the business plan is more of an operational thing for the six months this year or whatever else, and it's to accomplish one particular task, whereas strategic plan means we've stood back and we understood, as you said at the beginning, what our purpose is, why are we really in business, what are we trying to leverage, and what is that target, the vision, where are we really trying to go? So we take those two in, in consideration and we look at that high-level piece. So once we've got maybe five years, ten years, whatever else, because in theory, a strategic plan never quite accomplished it. You've got this vision, you kind of, you kind of shift it back and forth. So you get this upper level built out, okay, then you come back around, once you've got this bridge up here, then you come back around and put this year's business plan in place to deliver on the strategy, next year's business plan to deliver on that strategy. But all the while, we're looking and, and checking things out and fine-tuning and changing because in this world, nothing is in granted. Well, and I just did a whole you know, immersion into the study of innovation, right? And of course, certainly understanding that every company must innovate. And again, if you're innovative, there has to be a way to get that out of my head, maybe down on paper to an end result, right? Well, that's where the strategy comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully the innovation, when you're thinking about that, is built upon the, the guise of what your uniquenesses are, what your strategy is. As Porter would say, the old guru of strategy, would say strategy is simply making deliberate choices. Deliberately, and it's specifically choosing to do something and not being baffled, pushed, or whatever because the marketplace or the winds or you know, the political things came along. Push you. Choose to be there so you're in the front end of stuff so you can look back and say, am I really guiding this thing or am I getting pushed? Right. That's a good point. And I think that, you know, when we talk about directional or specific choices, if you don't have any kind of an uh, end in mind 
or where you'd like to be doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up because things are going to happen, right? Opportunities are going to show up, but are you going to be more prepared? Then that's, well, there's your point. Absolutely. (laughs) The preparation comes from being proactive. And if you're leading things, at least ways you're on your toes versus on your heels, so to speak, and you're leading things and all of a sudden things are changing a little bit, you can say, "Uh uh-oh, this is good. Well, maybe it's not so good. Hey, team, let's look at this. What should we do now? And then then continue to reinforce that. So what we find in this marketplace, in this world that we're all living in, we have so much information. You know, you've got have competitors around the world. I mean, we used to say that tongue-in-cheek before, but literally, you have competitors around the world, and they can jump into your market space in a heartbeat. So, information flows around so quickly and changes things so rapidly, it's difficult doing business today. And without the plan and some place to come back to and look at, am I, am I on path? Oh, yeah, I really am. That's good. Let's get ahead of this. Yes, absolutely. Well, however, we have to go to break. When we come you. back, we're going to pick up on this uh, very important topic for the beginning of the year called being strategic and planning for your future. This is Patty Caffretta from the 150 Commission. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry is important to me because she is a local businesswoman. Sherry Hill is enthusiastic. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Jeff May from Apex SEF. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the greatest radio show and gets the right message out. Sherry Hill, in one word, great. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Being strategic means consistently making those core directional choices that will best move you toward your hoped-for future. This is, I think, a deceptively simple sentence. It implies that you know where you're starting from, you're clear on where you want to go, and you have the means and the will to make consistently good and powerful choices about how to get there. In my experience, people often propose solutions to problems before they're clear on what the problem is. Individuals do it. Teams do it. Companies do it. For instance, how often have you sat in a meeting and listened while people argued the merits of various courses of action? We should do this, or no, it will work far better if we do this. All too often, the reason people feel so strongly about very different solutions is that they have very different implicit assumptions about the problem. My very insightful guest is Howard Olson, who co-founded and is a lead market researcher and strategist for OnStrategy, a leader in strategic planning and performance management. Discovering the real problem, the core challenge in a given situation, is the necessary preamble to being strategic. 
I mean, unless you have a clear sense of the problem to be solved, it's impossible to envision what solved would look like the future you want to create. In fact, without being to see that, how can you decide what core directional choices you'll need to make to get there? That is exactly the challenge that we find so many times when folks will call us or engage us maybe for an on-site type of work or just using our online system and so forth, that if they don't get the leadership together and, and, and sort through where they really are and, and, and bubble up what are the strategic issues. And so we find that we've changed this over a number of years, but we do a series of either phone interviews with maybe the C-level folks and then maybe an online survey of 10-ish, 12 questions with the managers about those type of things and synthesize them so we have some place to start. Most times they've never they've had these thoughts, but they never shared them. Right. Well, when you think about it, and one of the, the powerful reasons that you guys are in business is you guys are facilitators. I mean, right. to be able to go in, to an organization that everyone has all the solutions, but they're all solutioning on a different problem, yet they all think they're on the same one. Right. So what happens to the point of your facilitation is the old whiteboard signals, whatever you want to call it, but at least ways to put it up so people can visualize and I'm kind of an educator place and I and in visualizations and being able to move things around and, and and to realign maybe their thoughts and so forth easily is is critical because without that we can't move on and if everybody in the leadership team is not aligned and consistent with what the problems are you know before we get to the solutions to your point then the rest of the planning stuff ends up being a result of the CEO and CEO and Howard or CEO and Eric and stuff like that and it's our plan and not the company's plan and there is a doomed plan. Right. So the importance of reaching out to a company like yours on strategy where you guys have the expertise, you have the software, you have all kinds of things that you guys have developed over the years to really help companies sift down, figure out here's where we are, here's where we want to get to, and now what are all the pieces in between for us to get there. So when you work with these organizations, I mean, some of it has to be, you know, what are your capabilities, right? I mean, let's talk about that because I can say, well, I want to get there, but how do I really know if I can? So, excellent point. So, in the basics of principles of strategy, going back to uh, you know uh, HBR or Harvard and, and Michael Porter and so forth, and then is uh, is a concept of the balance scorecard. And the balance scorecard basically, uh, I'm going to take a few seconds here to explain it because so many people don't realize where it came from because it's so simple. It came about because a couple of account, uh, accountants at Harvard said, geez, you know, net income is a history lesson. Sometimes it's a good history lesson. Sometimes it's not so good. And we see that quarterly on, on Wall Street. So they came along and said, geez, you know, what are those lead factors that have to go into delivering on the net income? So they came up with this thing called the balance scorecard where basically, you say you have to have good people 
you know, in the bus, learning and whatever else. If you don't have good people, you know, those wonderful processes you give them, you fine-tune them as efficient, they're lean and all the other wonderful things, they're Six Sigma, stuff like that. If you don't write people, that stuff isn't going to work well. And if you don't understand your markets and what your competitive advantage, what the value is, then the result of all that stuff may or may not be net income or gross sales, stuff like that. So they said those four things. So the piece where you started out is if you don't have the right people understanding what they do and why they are in your, in, in your organization, culture strategy is fairly well doomed. Right. So there's a lot of foundation work that sounds like has to be done before I can effectively strategize, plan, and get to these, these and I don't want to call them end results, because you mentioned it. I mean, being strategic is forever. Yes. It's you not never, an end. That's right. You never <laughs> quite get there. It's a path that you're on. You want, And you continually make checking your compass to make sure you're on that path. And that's the reason you need to plan. And as we were talking about in break, Dan Barnett with the uh, make or break thing, he is so ruthless. He has 30-minute meetings once a week, strictly on those key pieces. And are we on? Are we on? And that's not a fix-it meeting or anything like that. But that's what he's found in business, what it takes to deliver. So to say, well, I'm going to have quarterly meetings, which are good. But if you don't have any. If you any, don't have any, yeah, quarterly is <laughs> try and get more in there. <laughs> that's right. And, and again, are they magic? No. Strategy, it, it's a matter of building into the culture having everybody understand where you're at. And that's the reason you get the benefit of the corporation, the company, get the collective benefit of all those people pulling together. And voila, you can de- definitely deliver on stuff. So the, having those meetings and making sure everybody understands what we're doing is is critical. Right. So, Howard, if someone is listening and they're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm that group or I'm that company or I'm just starting out and I really don't understand how to get from, you know, here to to there, your company on strategy. Give us a little history there and how someone may reach out to you. The little bit of history is never easy with an academic end. So uh, when I was teaching at UNR and, and I was teaching marketing and part of marketing, everybody should do a marketing plan, right? That's a that's nice foundational thing. It was all I've been working with students. I realized I couldn't build a marketing plan, even with a textbook in front of them. So I'm starting to think, well, what happens in the business world? Can they really go step one, step two? And I, and I build that into the strategy. So that's where the whole thing started. And we came up with 10 steps so you could do the planning and using the balance scorecard. And it kind of evolved over all the years. So we have an online system, okay? but but more importantly, for those folks that are getting started, there is a ton of public side resources, a little one-page plan that's free. Uh, there's so many guides or so many blogs and whatever else. They don't even have to pay for a cent you know, if, they, if they don't want to. And, and if they want to get into a, a plan, they, it's a monthly thing they can do with it as well. So they can start off by there by just checking out on strategyhq.com. Great. Thank you. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with Howard Olson, who is the president and co-founder of On Strategy, a phenomenal resource that, you know, I've, I've learned from Howard. I went and took a class how many years ago, and it was just a, it was great, very enlightening. And for me, you know, to turn that back into my company, Sage International, really understanding, you know, we pick three goals each year, and then we build from that and go, how are we going to get there? Let's talk about, because it's great to say, I want to get from A to Z, but I know a huge part of the strategic plan 
plan is the accountability? Where do we put in those measurements to see if we're on track? So how do you help companies really figure out what should they be tracking or doing? You hit the nail on the head on that one because going back to the balance scorecard, that whole concept is leading lag. We're, we don't want all outcome based. So what are those? What are some of those targets that you need to know if you're on on path? So in other words, what if one of your goals is to increase uh, customer retention from from sixty five percent to sixty eight percent? Okay, what in your organization are some of those key? Markers that you know it have to be. It's the number of calls a week coming from some. I don't know, or you track that. Or, yeah. It mm-hmm. could be returns on bad stuff or whatever. But those are lead indicators. So you've got to be have a combination of lag, outcome, and lead. So when you're looking at that stuff on a regular basis every month, that you can tell if you're you're on target. You don't want to find at the end of the year. Well, I want a 68 percent retention, and I'm at 62 percent, and my that's terrible. Well, we sh- we need to know that before and make some kind of corrections. Yeah, you, you got worse, right? yeah. <laughs> which can happen if you have nothing in place That's or, right. again, the people in that department recognizing what the goal is. We want to, you know, increase customer loyalty or, you know, increase revenue or whatever. And so it, it almost is like, you know, watching a, a little five-year-old kid soccer team, right? Everyone's just running in every single direction. <laughs> There you go. That's a good analogy. I like that. <laughs> They're not quite sure where the ball is. They're just running, having a great time, watching the butterflies and all of that. I mean, if that's what a, an organization typically looks like True. because of you know the statistics out there and how many people don't plan or strategize or meet, I mean, it, it's got to be comical. <laughs> So to your point, it's it's sad, but stop and think from a typical organization, if they can deliver on their plan consistently, how much better they can be. So it's not like everybody's doing 90%. You know, very well. We see very few people in deliver on. Just stand back from your own personal. Here is the first time of the year. How easy it is it for you to change? Huh? Stop and think about it. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I go back in my little journal, look over the last 10 years. And it's like, I have the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm re- reading the same stuff. So why should I write this stuff anymore? Right? Because it's good. So anyway, same thing with an organization. So if you can, like your point earlier, if you can bring it down to three goals and you can ruthlessly deliver on those, because if you pick the right kind of goals, they've got this pyramid thing. They've got other things that got to line up underneath it. So you can make it so it's not so uh, onerous on everybody. And if they deliver on those, a lot of other things will line up because business as usual is going to happen. Right. Right. And again, by and I've been serious about really picking the three things, knowing that, you know, this whole huge to-do list doesn't all have to get done this year. Right. If you're in for the long haul, that's how you're planning, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, going back when Steve Jobs, one of the things I read, and he'd, he'd have his offsite with his leaders and stuff like that. Everybody's supposed to come up there, a bunch of good things, and he started with a list of 100. And then they worked, whacked it all down to 10. And he said, well, that's good. And he walked up there and he whacked out the bottom seven. These are the three we're going to do this year out of a big organization like that. So stop and think if 
we know how successful Apple's been, and obviously Steve Jobs is unique and so forth. But if we can, as an organization, get that focus on what we think as a leader that are, are what we should be doing. So you're going to say, oh, my goodness, well, if I pick the wrong stuff, well, then I'm going to go off the cliff. Well, the point is, if you're having your regular meetings, whether it be monthly or weekly or whatever else, and you're looking at this, you're going down a path, you can start saying, am I going astray? Well, ooh, am I going astray? Let's correct course now. So many times we hear people say, well, I have a five-year strategic plan. Well, the point is, it might be a five-year planning horizon, but you never get there. It has to keep changing. So what you need to do is be changing and looking right now, so then you can start making those course corrections right here and now and learn from that. And that's what strategy is really boils down to is that execution piece. Awesome. We'll be right back. This is Amy Lewis, your healthy pace expert from Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she helps businesses share their expertise and she cares deeply about supporting local businesses and helping them thrive. Sherry Hill is a remarkable human being. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Ron Bell from Reno Real Estate Investors Club. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Planning for the future is important, but very few businesses actually do it. If any of the following statements ring true, perhaps you need to evaluate the importance of creating a strategic planning process within your organization. Someone asks you where your business will be in one year, and you don't have an answer. There are inconsistencies in all of your marketing, brochures, websites, ads, social media, which shows up when you try to explain business to a potential client and you tell a different story about how you provide value every time you have a conversation. You find your clients contracting with other companies for services you provide. When asked, they say they didn't know you offered those services. Joining me today is Howard Olson, president of On Strategy, a leader in strategic planning and performance management. On Strategy has developed a cloud-based software program along with their hands-on services to help their clients close the gap between strategy and execution. So Howard, this whole conversation we've been having is really about the fact that success isn't a matter of chance, but rather a matter of choice a deliberate choice a deliberate choice and strategy being able to deliver on, on strategy consistently helps us become more successful helps us deliver on what we're wanting to talk what we're focused on you know whether it increase revenue or increase customer use and so forth and to your point earlier when you're talking about value 
if an organization doesn't understand what they deliver uniquely to their customers and what their customers want, because all of us are customers in one form or manner. So if they don't understand what that value is, what that unique thing is, and deliver that value better than their competitors, they are then lost again in the crowd. And that's what strategy is all about. Understanding what your value proposition is ties into the marketing aspect as well. You've got to know that. You've got to consistently deliver on it because you want your customers to buy. You don't want to sell stuff to your customers. It's a fine difference, but the point is if they buy, you're much better off than if you have to sell it to them. So they have to understand that value and you need to know it well too. Right. So that's part of how you work with companies initially. I mean, that's one of the foundational pieces to understand that value. Then from there, it's okay, great. We understand where we fit in the market. We know who our competitors are. We know how we have to be unique and different. And now we want to consistently grow our organization and get to, you know, these strategic uh, processes or plans so that we can, you know, reduce client dissatisfaction or grow revenue by 10% or bust into a new market, right? Yep. And you can't yep. just do that by saying, well, today I think we're going we're gonna to develop a whole new uh, product. It, it doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> well, why and for who and, and do you have the resources? Yes, some people say, oh, here's a wonderful opportunity to jump into it. And a couple things happened. One, they don't quite get it all right and it costs. But then we all know that if we take time and figure out what all the pieces are, you can actually save time and come up with a better product actual planning process helps you deliver something better and typically more cost efficient. Taking time and you go, oh my goodness, in this workaday world, I don't have any more time. Everybody says that. I don't have, you want me to do what? I don't have time. When do you want? Oh no, I can't do that. But, but the point is with planning, if you're doing the right planning, you're going to reap the benefits of it. So it isn't going to take time. It's going to free you up. So somewhere in the line, you spend eight hours or whatever else. Some, you're making decisions anyway. Wouldn't that be nice if they all lined up? So what you're going to do is you're going to make less decisions that are erroneous and more decisions that are lined up and therefore take less time and really benefit the organization. I, I just read something. It was by Henry Ford. He said, if you need to buy a new machine because it's going to help you do whatever and you don't, what you're going to find out is down the road, you've already paid for it, but you don't have it. Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't so again, part of the planning process or being strategic is in that alignment of, you know, the financials, the people, the resources, what do we need from the outside, all of that. And, you know, are you a huge proponent of, you know, we got to put all this down on, you know, yellow tablets. I know you guys created software around this, but even if nobody bought software, there's got to be some place you got to put this, right? The old Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. The Excel. And for some organizations, you know, that works just fine. Uh, but what we're, what you're trying to do with, with the plan, particularly when you got a decent-sized organization, you want to align the frontline people along with you know, the, the managers, along with the C-level and so forth. So whatever they're doing, your annual business plan aligns up to that strategy. So you've got to have some type of automatic Excel document or whatever else that, that does that for you. So either you do it 
by a manual effort and so forth and keep track of it, or you get some type of online system or whatever else to do it. But the point is, if you've got a system, then, then you're going to have versioning problems. So everybody knows you know, what they're really supposed to be doing, and then it communicates. You can have it up on your website, intranet, I mean, that, that type of thing. Public organizations will put their strategic plan on their, on a, on their website and so forth. So it, it really is important to have that worksheet or whatever else in front of them, whether a tablet or an Excel or it being automated. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Howard Olson, who is the president of On Strategy. Howard, something that just came into my mind is that, you know, obviously if I'm a startup or a one-person show, certainly it's a lot easier to make decisions about should I do this or that. I either have the money or I don't, or I have the assets to go out and borrow money or I don't, or I have the people in place or I don't. Once companies reach a certain level and they're a little bigger, do you find that they struggle more with strategic planning, that kind of sweet spot, not the, you know, thousand plus organizations, but somewhere in the 25 to 50 to 100, because everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. And and so, yeah. So what we find is that, as you talked about the entrepreneurs, like, and we've been all on that path together, you wear all those different hats, eventually you can't change them quick enough, you know, and then you've got to hire somebody and bring them on. So what we found, and we've, and it's not just us in, 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 best, in the best practice and principles, is that the organizations that are really are successful, and not just as successful in strategy, but just being a successful organization, whether it be Washoe County, or it be hospital, or what, or well, like we work with the Boy Scouts, or anything else, they have committed at least some type of FTE, some type of person to continually manage the strategy. You know what that means could be different for somebody, but that's what they think about on a regular basis. Maybe it's halftime or whatever else, but those organizations, they have a commitment there, and not just for the C-level person to have another thing added on their desk. When you have somebody that can be the strategy manager, they're more successful. Mm, Interesting. I've never heard that term before, strategy manager. Because to me, it would seem like that would be the president of the organization, but not necessarily so. Right. That could be he could <laughs> he or she could be the champion, mm-hmm. but they're supposed to be thinking out here, and they've done that when they built the plan. Now they've got to put feet to the plan and make it come fruition. So you need the manager type. You know, I hate to use that mm-hmm. word. I'm not a manager type, but somebody that's a manager type, they can really make it happen. So some of those big organizations might have four, five, six people because they're, you know, they're multi-thousands and they're always out there doing market research and stuff's really changing and happening to them. A lot of the folks that you're talking to or, or some of the organizations we're talking to are 50 or 100, where if they can just be consistent in what they're doing, they're, they're a winner. Yeah. Well, and that would be it, consistent, because it's great to create the strategy, pick your top three goals, yep. figure out how to get there. And then all of a sudden the phone rings or somebody shows up and here's this whole other opportunity and people tend to veer off track. I call it chasing down the rabbit trail, right? So let's talk about really one of the core fundamentals of having this strategic plan, these top three goals, is you become a much better decision maker. Right, because what you've you made the decision in the front end when you picked your three goals that for the time being, six months, year, whatever else it is, that's what my focus is. And what I would suggest to people when it was 
grab a trail items, or we call them shiny silver balls, come along, put it on a parking lot. I'm not saying that those are bad, that we're not suggesting that, but today you made a decision that they're not part of the plan. Right. So you put them on a parking lot, and then we suggest to organizations that maybe every nine-ish months, maybe it's a year, maybe it depends on their moving fast, maybe six months, then you have a full-blown review, maybe it's a, a day, all right? And you can say, okay, here's the three goals we pick upon. Are we, we're delivering on those things. Are good? Are they still going to get us over here? Good. Fine. Oh, they're not. Let's look at our parking lot. What were those couple other items that we thought might be worthy to look at? And then check them in, you know, put it in, and then, then change it then. But meantime, leave it over there and deliver on those three. Right. This holding everybody responsible in the organization, measuring that you're on track, all those things doesn't have to be hours and hours, once a week, once a month. I mean, it's it can be little time. Little, little it should. So one way to, to do that, you take your top-level goals, whatever the corporate-level goals, so forth, and, and those would be in metrics, quantitative. You know, we're trying to increase market share by whatever else. And then you get down to the individual person, and they're more like what we call performance. Are you on track? I'm 86% done, 60% done, or whatever else. So you can, you know, a person can do that in, in standing in line in, in, in you know, groceries and, you know, update their five or six, seven things, because that shouldn't have much more than, you know, eight or something. That's too many. Strategic. Now, they got a, they got business as usual, and we know that. But those strategic things you can have on a percent complete so it's easy to keep track of. So when then the, 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 the corporate level goal, what we're talking about, the quantitative, if that's not on target, then we drill down and say, well, what's happening down below? And then we can have that discussion. Right. And if you're not on target, you say, well, okay, well, that's fine. Talk about this later. Let's go try and fix it. Find out maybe it was maybe it was the wrong target. We didn't know that. We didn't have a crystal ball clear when we started out. So that way, people that are supposed to be driving this thing, we can look at their activity. Are they delivering on it? And right. And then have that discussion. Why or why not? All right. And so again, part of the message today is you know we can we can effectively work through our strategic plan in quick, simple conversations. It doesn't have to be retreats every month and all that. So we're busting a myth. Thank you, Howard. We'll be right back. (laughs) This is Jen Kelly from Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she takes the time to really listen and understand. Sherry Hill is uplifting and inspiring. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. 
Hi, this is Sherry Hill, CEO of Sage International, Inc. Hi, this is Kathy Caracol. I'm from the Nevada Small Business Development Center up at UNR. At this time, we want to talk about an awesome class called Next Level for Entrepreneurs. Let's first talk about the Small Business Development Center. Well, thanks for asking, Sherry. The Nevada SBDC is our new brand, uh, standing, of course, for Small Business Development Center. We're celebrating our 30th year in 2015, primarily to assist small business owners, whether it's in the startup phases, whether it's in the expansion phases. But our whole goal is really on economic impact through the sustainability of small businesses. And that brings up Next Level. I'm the training director, which means I oversee all sorts of great programs educationally that assist small businesses in the development, solid business planning, forward motion, so that they can actually have that product or service that people want to buy and spend their money on. Where should they go to get all the important information about Next Level for entrepreneurs? Well, of course, Sherry, with this particular class, starts is going to be Monday nights. February 23, and it will go through May 18th. So once a week, Monday evenings, 5.30 to 8.30. It's over at the Redfield campus right off of Mount Rose Highway. We will not take more than 30 people, and we've got over 15. Nevada SBDC, that stands for Small Business Development Center. So NevadaSBDC.org. And if you look under education and training, uh, the first click is the training calendar, 7841717, or my direct line. I am the queen of next level. I was crowned two years ago. 7846879. We will answer any questions you have. It's over half filled. This class will fill, so people who are serious definitely want to uh, check it out. Learn it tonight and use it tomorrow is the next level motto. Awesome. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited Woohoo! Go out to NevadaSBDC.org to get all the information about next level for entrepreneurs. This is Howard Olson from Mind Strategy. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is a continual learner. Sherry Hill has a unique understanding of the business world and can describe it succinctly. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. At the end of the day, what's every business trying to do? Grow. More customers, more sales, more positive cash flow, larger deal sizes, higher volume, more billable hours, justification for higher prices, and so on. Growth is why you're in business, to build or create something bigger than yourselves, because if you're not growing, you're shrinking. Of course, you don't want to focus on growth for growth's sake because growth is just the means to an end. Your desire to grow must match up with your vision for your organization. Rapid growth, incremental growth, or maintaining your current position require specific strategies. Well, who better to discuss than Howard Olson, who co-founded and is a lead market researcher and strategist for OnStrategy, a leader in strategic planning and performance management. In addition to his consulting work, which over 20 years, Howard is also a marketing professor at the University of Nevada, Reno. So Howard, let's talk about the different paths required for different growth strategies. Great point. Growth for growth's sake in in the type of organizations we were mentioning earlier, uh, a lot of people that are part of the organization just to grow for making more money for the for the bosses is not going to keep them around long. So understanding how why you're leveraging that value 
and, and, and into the marketplace and growing is, is, is critical. So going back to one of the things you said that I, I've been blessed to be able to be part of if I happen to get this degree in, in marketing with the emphasis in research. So what an organization really needs to do is spend time and find through some research to find out where those unique niches are. What are those places? Instead of trying to instead of trying to barge right in and take on somebody else and take share, you know, as we talked about, it's better off if you can find a little bit of, you know, make your own place and so forth. So that takes research. So you say, well, I'm only a five-person organization. How could, can I do that? I can't afford that. Well, anymore with the internet and so forth, and as well as the students up at UNR, University of Nevada, Reno, are always looking for a little project where they could find that stuff. There's a lot of free information. You get good enough insight to be able to say, here's, here's a gap. Here's some value that I can provide that I see in my organization that we can deliver much better. So we do that. So then there's basically then four ways that you can kind of grow and if you, it's 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 a there's a little matrix and it basically has to do with, are you delivering products services and what markets are you delivering those to into so if you think of it as is a little four by two by two matrix am i taking my products my current products am i going to grow into my current markets in other words am i going deeper am i penetrating am i taking my current products am i going to go into a new market so in other words i'm going to go into a new market i'm going to leverage what i really do well with that product or service okay or you could say, I, here's my current you know, marketplace. I'm going to take a new product. So I understand my customers really well. So let's find a new product to take or service and take it in that marketplace. So that's three. And then you've got the real wild swag, stuff like that. New market. New product service, and that's where the that's where you see the the rate of success is really low. Right, and winning in that particular type of growth scenario. Well, and I imagine that you have experience because you were brought in, you know, to organizations to really help them and facilitate strategic planning and all those things. But companies, you know, they can they can grow so quick that they go bankrupt. Yes, right. Yes. So the strategic planning process is not just about having an idea of where I want to get to, it's the pace also at which you can do it. It's the pace, exactly, and aligning those resources that you need to get there, the capacity planning and so forth. If you've had a plan and you've been... Which, which again, it's not a crystal ball, but you're, you've mapped it out. You're kind of checking things out, and you've got the targets and measures. So you find out what's successful, what's not successful. So when you maybe lose that key person, personnel, and you don't have a succession plan well set out, at least ways you've got an idea what you need to backfill. To your point, what who who what kind of skills that are needed for this particular type of position so we can continue to, grow, to, to deliver on the strategy that we have in place. Right. When we talk about setting the three goals, they're not these big, giant, I'm going to dominate the world type of goals. Some might be as simple as this next year, I'm going to replace all of my technology. So to your point, your three for this year, they they would be consistent they would fit into this overarching thing that you're focusing on 10 years 15 years five years whatever you're how clearly you can see and so that's where i'm trying to get so these three overarching things this year are going to take me on that path okay so we can't accomplish 10 years from you know we start biting off that big apple that's nine years down the road we can't do that but we can strategically take on 
which seems like, oh, replace my IT this year. Well, any more we find that organizations better have an IT strategy because we all live and die on the Internet right. anymore. I mean, it's just it, whether you like it or not, that's where we live. What do you do? Google it. What's the yellow page? Heck, I don't know. You Google it. You know, what's this organization? Well, let's see their website, right? Oh, click, got a 404 on there. But they must have some kind of thing wrong. I mean, people make decisions about organizations in a heartbeat anymore because we all live there. So IT is a real critical strategy to have in place, to have continually being thought through and, and, and developed. When you operate within an organization where you are working strategically, let me tell you, as the owner of that business, you feel way more in control, you have way more peace of mind, you have some idea of where you're trying to get to, and you're focused. The focus is the key part, because when you're focused, you're proactive. We all know what it feels to be battered back and forth and being reactive, and reactive... I've made too many reactive decisions are can be costly. They don't necessarily line up to what we have. So I know it sounds cliche-ish, and I and 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 to to take it one step further, maybe and, and move away from it, and to support what you're saying. We've been working a little bit with Forrester, the international research, and so forth, and they're finding that online strategic planning software, the kind of the business we're in, is an immature market. Let me repeat that: it's immature. So in other words, it's just being learned. So so the point is. Even though this term strategy and strategic planning have been around since textbooks were developed, very few people have a real good understanding how to do it. So people shouldn't beat them, organizations beat themselves up to say, let's start now and let's get something done this year and let's start moving forward and we can build it. That's the beauty of having, whether it be an Excel spreadsheet or online tool and so forth, we continue to evolve and we learn just like what you'd like to teach people. That's strategic planning is a learning process and building that learning back in so you do better next year or next year. Right. So Howard, your contact info? www.onstrategyhq.com. So it's on Strategy HQ, and so get there one time and then bookmark it. And there's a ton of resources that are available. We got people that are uh, that will take phone calls as well and help because that's what we believe we're supposed to be doing. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. I really oh, appreciate, I appreciate it. you inviting me. From you, I thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. The essence of a visionary company comes in the translation of its core ideology and its own unique drive for progress into the very fabric of the organization, into goals, strategies, tactics, policies, processes, cultural practices, management behaviors, building layouts, pay systems, accounting systems, job design, into everything that the company does. A visionary company creates a total environment that in Develops employees, bombarding them with a set of signals so consistent and mutually reinforcing that it's virtually impossible to misunderstand the company's ideology and ambitions. Visionary companies do not rely on any one program, strategy, tactic, mechanism, cultural norm, symbolic gesture, or CEO's speech to preserve the core and stimulate progress. It's the whole ball of wax that counts. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. 
Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Are you looking for great values on a real estate or mortgage transaction? Listen to our show, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Deal with professionals that you know, like, and trust. Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m., KLAV, 1230 a.m., the talk of Las Vegas.